This is Stereoactive Presents. I'm your host, Jeremiah McVeigh, and in this episode, I am joined once again by Charles Henshaw, this time to discuss Bradley Cooper's second film as a director and co-writer. Maestro stars Cooper as conductor and composer Leonard Bernstein, Carrie Mulligan as his wife, Felicia, and is available on Netflix. In just a moment, you'll hear my review of the film, followed by my discussion with Chuck. Before 2012's Silver Linings Playbook, Bradley Cooper may have seemed like he was destined to be in nothing but pulpy movies like Limitless or Broflix like The Hangover. At the time, both fairly recent hits for him that had already changed his career and made him a more bankable leading man. But Silver Linings Playbook put him into that different category of quote-unquote serious actor seemingly destined to one day win an Academy Award. And 2018's A Star is Born proved him also a serious prospect as a writer and director. So anticipation for a second film as a triple hyphenate actor, writer, director, maestro, was obviously highly anticipated. Unfortunately, there's also been a certain narrative building up around Cooper, at least with the very online portion of the film commentariat, that his supposed thirst to prove himself by winning an Oscar and being taken seriously as not only an actor, but an all-around filmmaker is cringy and unseemly. But if you can deliver the goods, maybe you deserve a bit of allowance in that regard. And ultimately, Cooper has the goods. Between Maestro and A Star is Born, he's clearly proven himself to be a great director. As far as acting goes, I don't think the jury was still out on that one. Really, the only real problem with Maestro, which portrays the relationship between famed conductor and composer Leonard Bernstein and his wife Felicia, is its screenplay, which counterintuitively is not to say the writing is bad necessarily. Each scene is internally impressive on its own, but the film as a whole lacks a solid through line and feels disjointed and uh, as a result unfocused. Perhaps... This can at least be partly attributed to the decision to position the film as if it's actually more about Felicia, wonderfully played, by the way, by Carrie Mulligan, than it is about Bernstein himself. It's a perplexing decision because it leaves Bernstein feeling inadequately explored while the centering of Felicia seems forced and itself inadequately justified. All that said, it's not every day we get a movie as otherwise beautifully shot crafted, and performed as maestro. So here's hoping the next screenplay Cooper co-writes is up to his skills as a director and performer, as well as the skills of the excellent crew and cast he surrounds himself with. From this point on, we may discuss elements of the plot that some would consider spoilers, so if you don't want to know anything about the movie at this time, you may want to come back and listen to this later. So, Chuck, we kind of got into it very briefly in our episode about the Oscar nominations. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, as you could hear here, I think the screenplay is a problem. Everything else yep. I think is really good about this movie. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts? Screenplay, major problem. Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> uh, no, I, I guess you're right that, I mean, it's technically proficient. I'm not so sure about Carrie Mulligan. 
because I'm not certain what the real Felicia was was supposed to be like. And I know there was some controversy because the real Felicia is from Costa Rica and Carrie Mulligan is decidedly not. Um, but to what degree that really affects things, I don't know. Like perhaps for all I know, she really did sound the way that Carrie Mulligan, I mean, the, the accent is very specific and yet at the same time sort of out of nowhere in a way like sort of like what is that uh and and i don't know if it's just this kind of mid-atlantic like Catherine hepburn-esque thing that people maybe had at a certain time period uh but i think elements of her performance i'm i'm sort of not sure if it was right or not those choices as far as like does she make the choices and go for it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I don't really, you know, I don't have a problem with that. And I don't think that it's a bad performance. I'm just, it's kind of perplexing. Mm. Um, and something that they don't, there's a lot of things, again, I guess screenplay, like that they just don't get into. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she is from Costa Rica, it's like mentioned in the background of an interview scene. And that's it. Um, you know, who is she? What is, especially if they're going to go and claim that this movie is really about her mm -hmm. and not Lenny, it's like, well, what's, what's her backstory? What's her origin story? You know? Yeah. We don't really know those things. Um, and then as far as Bernstein's concerned, there's so much about like West side story and, um, on the waterfront and then being a conductor and like the difference between conducting and composing. And, you know, you just like, don't get it. It all kind of gets thrown together into this weird dream sequence at the beginning ish in the first mm -hmm. act. And, uh, and it's so uh, like unclear. It's just very unclear, very murky as to like what we're watching and what the trajectory is. Um, and then I'll say that the last thing, the thing that I found totally perplexing, like totally like what the fuck was um, where they separate. And okay, we, I understand why they separate. Uh, and then she seems to be kind of doing her thing in her life, going on a date with a guy or whatever. He's like doing cocaine all of a sudden and, you know, partying and all this. And then they cut to him doing Mahler's second and they're back together again. Like that, like somehow the conducting of that piece of music, like brought them back together again. But there's no it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, really, like there's no setup for it whatsoever. Yeah. Um. So. Stuff like that just really graded on me as far as like, what is this movie? And how did it, did they see a movie I didn't see, you know? Yeah, I, I think a lot of what you're saying gets at what I was trying to get at in my review of saying that it, it I think each scene is internally impressively written. Like, mm -hmm, right. But it seems like a bunch of scenes that someone would do in an acting class. <laughs> sure. Like not in a, I don't mean that in a bad way. It would be like I understand yeah. why someone picked this. Is it? It's like a well written scene, and you can do a lot with it as a performer. But yeah, I think that 
is just a bunch of scenes and yeah. the the connective tissue is not there so you don't yeah so you, you feel like you're always trying to like catch up to the movie in a bad way um right. of of trying to figure out how you got from that scene to this one yeah but but it is like there are certain scenes that like they are so good within themselves that like i can just watch it and enjoy it but then like when we move on i'm frustrated you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a frustrating movie that way because it's well, like, I think yeah, yeah, it's, and it's I do very think well maybe, made, right? And I I wonder if there's not like a little showiness going on there. Um, sure. Like I think about the scene where they fight on Thanksgiving, and uh, it's all one shot, and it's just you know, you talk about the acting class sort of concept of it. It's just so clear to me that it's this like actors showcase. Right. Um, for this scene about a, a married, I mean, it's like, and I don't know, you know, for those of us who've been in acting classes, like, and one act plays and all that kind of thing, like the married fighting couple is, is, is almost a cliche. Yeah. As far as those sort of uh, scenarios go. Um, yeah, so that was ultimately it, the least interesting part of the movie. I liked watching mm, them get together and right. try to figure things out, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, and I thought it may, and I thought it was odd. I mean, I'm, I can understand, but I thought it was odd that she seemed very accepting of who he was and even makes the statement, like, mm-hmm. I know exactly who you are and all this kind of shit. And then... I, I don't know. It's like, it's yeah, like grades on her in some capacity. Uh, and that would be okay if we got some kind of build up yeah. to that. And it yeah. didn't seem to just kind of turn on a dime. Yeah. Speaking of build up, I feel like they put so much pressure in a way on just this last cut of the movie. From the the final shot is of Carrie Mulligan as Felicia, and then it cuts mm-hmm. to the title Maestro, right. as if they didn't have to do all the work, and then they could just be like, "See, she's the maestro," <laughs> um, <laughs> right? And right. Like, well, you didn't quite show that though. Like, yeah, I, yeah, you showed that she was an important person in his life, but you didn't show the depths of that, you know? So, right. I don't th- I think that if their goal was to somehow get beyond the there's a woman a you know woman behind every great man trope I don't think they came anywhere near successfully getting right. past that. Yeah. Uh that seemed exactly like what was kind of going on here it was like he was the brilliant uh, you know, rap scallion that she <laughs> sort of put up with for whatever because she just loved him so much. Yeah, he was just such a genius, and how that affected. And it would be interesting to know more about how that maybe played a role in his music and his career. But they really don't go into any of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's a movie that's really about neither of them, in a way, but <laughs> yeah. pretends to be about one of them, which is right kind of maddening to watch yeah Um, yeah but yeah like i i can't stress it enough i feel like i'm beating a dead horse but like Mm -hmm. i really think it's such a well-made movie 
other than the fucking mm-hmm. screenplay. Like, I think it looks phenomenal. I think the editing is great. I think mm-hmm. the performances um, are really great. Like, I think he's mm-hmm. so good. I, I, I didn't really like, I understand what you're saying about like her voice and like all that. I think so much of that, as you also kind of pointed out is stems from like the screenplay, not doing the work and leaving it to right. her. And I think she does a great job with what she's given and like elevates it past what it would be if it was just what was on the page. I think, yeah. um, so I, I think every aspect of this movie is impressively executed somehow without a screenplay that really does it justice. Yeah. Um, I, I agree that it's technically proficient for sure. I don't know about, I mean, the performances, I, they're good actors. Yeah. I mean, I like Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, yeah. I like, I, I like Bradley Cooper. Um, I don't know what he's doing with this voice. Again, it's like the voice stuff. The voice work is weird to me. Yeah. It's a little like, uh, I, I don't know what you guys are doing or why. Right. Uh, um, and, um, but that might also be, uh, as I said, a a sort of detriment uh, of of me not knowing what Leonard Bernstein actually sounds like. Yeah. Um. So there you go. But yeah. Yeah, and it, to me, at some point, like those things about like his voice and her voice, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about like what mm-hmm. the reality of of those people was to some degree. I want right. I want it to make sense in the movie. I want it to work in the right. movie. I don't want it to bother me in the movie. And yeah. like I, I those didn't bother me at a certain point. Like it took me a while to acclimate maybe mm. to both of them more so to uh Mulligan and the voice that she's mm. using, but in the end it didn't bother me. Um but I but I think also... that's such a personal preference right. or whatever thing like yeah, I understand what you're saying. Is what it's also saying. something. It's 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 um. It has something to do with him being the director and the writer and the producer and all that as well. Um, where I'm wary of the unrestrained actor, the you know the one who has no one to tell him no. Yeah. Uh, and you know. My favorite movie is is a um, is a vanity piece, <laughs> you know. Reds, Reds is yeah. a total vanity piece, uh, so I'm not above that or like. But it's gotta, you really gotta like hit it on all cylinders, including the script, for yeah. it to you know sort of, or else you're really losing me. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he kind of did yeah. with A Star Is Born. That's a movie that I think right. is. I like that. He, He's he's firing on all cylinders there. I I mean Absolutely. I do think this movie looks better than that movie. Um, mm-hmm. The performances I think are great in both. The screenplay mm-hmm. for A Star Is Born is better. I mean he's starting yeah. from a from a well known right right story and like improving on something that needed improving on in some ways. From mm-hmm. what I understand, I've never saw the Barbara Streisand, uh, Chris Christopherson. I've never saw any of the previous versions, but I'm mentioning right. that one just because it's most directly based off of that one because it's that's the one that switched it to music from Hollywood and the, right, right, right. Anyway, going down a digression there. No, but I think it's a good point because I mean he's doing a voice in that too, and that didn't bother me. That made sense to me. Um, and I do think you can 
you kind of have to compare the two because it is it is as you sort of mentioned in your review he was such an actor guy and and for a while not a serious one uh and then it kind of you're like oh he can really act and now it's like oh now he's gonna direct and write and produce and you know be the master you know the sort of the puppeteer if you will and I just think when when people do that, when actors do that, you really, I don't know, you you gotta kind of bring it all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get annoyed with it. a lot of actors who do that. Yeah. Uh, Clune dog, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like there's a lot of actors who, you know, they produce and write and direct and star, and um, there is something to be said for that collaboration that no longer exists when you're kind of running every sort of element of it. But right. um, I don't know that that would have saved this. I think you're, you know, I think we've kind of hit it on the head that it was all about screenplay screenplay. Yeah. Uh, but they thought they had something on their hand and they're nominated for an Oscar. So they're not, no one, there's no justice. Right. <laughs> they're not gonna i i really yeah that's the one that irks me everything else i'm fine mm -hmm. with because like i said yeah. i think it looks great i think the performances are good but yeah that screenplay right. nomination is like what yeah what were they thinking um i mean i i i wonder i don't remember who the other writers of it were um it's just one other guy is it just one who i, who I don't know oh it's a star yeah. is born that he has two co-writers on and one of them's eric Both. okay but I, I, I do know this, though, that like this movie has been gestating in Hollywood for a long time. Right. Um, for a long time, Spielberg was going to make it. And I think kept pushing it off. And finally, I think after he saw Stars Born or at some point, I don't know if it was before that or after that. At some point, he said, you should make this, Bradley, and I'll produce. Right. Or right. I don't know how much he was hands on as producer or if he was just like, you know, he developed the project and then handed it off. Yeah. Um, but. I wonder how much sometimes that kind of thing plays into these of like, you know, people knew the screenplay for years mm -hmm. or a version of this screenplay for years and right. wanted to honor it finally getting made. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. I'm just, well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's interesting to wonder how Spielberg was involved and also how Scorsese was involved because right. they're both producers. Yeah. And yeah, perhaps it was passed from their, you know, one person to the next. And, um, but there's great movies that that happens with. Totally. Too. totally. Uh, so I just, I guess there's a part of me that thinks that. Bradley Cooper, as talented as he is, maybe uh, swung a little too, like flew a little too close to the sun on this. Yeah, one. here, here's here's um, the only wrinkle I'll throw in there. I almost wish he swung even bigger. Like I, yeah, I. It's rare that I will say that I wish a movie was a TV show instead. Mm -hmm, sure, but I do wonder if like if this would have made more sense as like the biggest prestige Netflix series ever made, like <laughs> and with the same right. quality of production as this movie mm. through multiple episodes that could really get into each of those sections that this movie gets into, but never or never gets into enough. 
you know? Right. Like right. I, I, I would have found that compelling. And like, I don't yeah. know that I've ever seen that before. Like there've been obviously prestige TV and peak TV. That's mm-hmm. been our lives for decades now at this point. Right. But I, I don't know that I've ever truly seen a TV show, multiple episode TV show, limited series that has been fully produced from head to tail at the at the same quality as a movie could be like there's always like corners cut because they're the right. budget's too big right. because it's it's so many things to make i don't know i'm just like throwing it out yeah there. i think as far as this kind of thing um and uh yeah maybe maybe it would have worked better i I just don't, it's not that long to begin with. I mean, I think you could have as much as like I've, I'm on mic complaining about movies being too long these days. I, I don't, more uh, time. I don't, I wouldn't have, if it had in sort of infused the movie with more of what we're sort of talking about missing, I don't yeah. think an extra 20 minutes would have been a problem. Right. Um, right. Or half hour, whatever. Like if Oppenheimer can be three hours, so can this, you right. know, it's not. I don't think that would be an issue. Um, so, yeah. So maybe that was, and I remember, and for some reason, uh, my mom thought she saw that there was a director's cut on Netflix. And I was like, Oh, that's weird that there's a director's cut. There's not, uh, <laughs> it was a miss. Uh, it was a miss, but it was funny to watch the movie thinking there was one. Yeah. To be like, oh, I wonder what he cut out and why he cut it out, why it's not in here and all this kind of stuff. Um, because it kind of feels a little bit like someone cut cut it up because it was too long or something, yeah. you know, and they sort of did some, I don't know, like Blade runner it or something, you know? Um, yeah. But I don't, know. I don't think that's the case. No. Uh, I, yeah, and and I do. I think like that the movie as it exists, like I, I go back to the each scene working internally within itself. Right. I think each right. scene is edited great. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I like. I really do think it comes back to screenplay more than that. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I I think if it had been a better screenplay and a more concentrated screenplay, and maybe it tried to do too much. I don't know. Like in the sense of. It's got to be about music and it's got to be about marriage. It's got to be about pseudo closeted homosexuality. And Mm -hmm. it's got to be like, maybe if they had just picked one sort of avenue to go down. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that that would have worked because like those all seem important to who he is or who they were. So, right. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Any final thoughts? I kind of thought I did not like this movie. Mm -hmm. That's my final thought. (laughs) And I was bummed. I was bummed because I was, I thought the trailer was great. Yeah. I loved the trailer so much. That second full length trailer they put out, I thought was so cool. Yeah. And was so great to see like an epic character movie and not just like an epic, you know, Napoleon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was bummed that it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, the trailer didn't do it for me as much as other people. Like, so, like mm-hmm. I, I saw so many people online, like just losing it for that trailer. And I thought it was good. Yeah. It made me interested yeah. in the movie for sure. What, mm-hmm. what really got me was as the movie started, 
in the first like i don't know several minutes mm-hmm. of it 10 20 i don't know how long i was like is this gonna be like one of the best movies i've seen in a while <laughs> and yeah. then as it goes on we start hitting those pitfalls that we've been discussing of like i feel like something's missing here okay now i'm dejected or deflated i feel deflated about this movie now it's not that right um, right right so that was it was disappointing in that way but yeah. um anyway it's on netflix so anybody could watch and make the uh, right yeah. mind about see it. it for yourself yeah. and be disappointed for yourself right. <laughs> <laughs> no if you like you know whatever yeah um Teach all right own. well thank you chuck thank you Thank you for listening to Stereoactive Presents, and thank you to our guest, Charles Henshaw. The music in this podcast is composed by Hansdale Sue. My name is Jeremiah Lee McVeigh. If you like what you hear in the show, please rate and review it in Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that allows that. Doing so helps us to expand our audience, and it's much appreciated. And please follow us wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. Every little bit helps, and like I said, it is truly appreciated. You can also get in touch with us at stereoactivemedia at gmail.com, and you can find more information about this show and everything else that Stereoactive Media is involved with at stereoactivemedia.com. This podcast is produced by Stereoactive Media.